The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Baseball Insiders as Major League Baseball's executives have invented an August waiver trade deadline after eliminating it. Except this time, you don't get players in exchange for players. You just get financial relief and an exhale in exchange for talented players who are going to impact the playoff race. With me, as always, is fansided MLB insider Robert Murray. And it's a gift, Robert, to get to do this show on a Thursday with a big old weird bee's nest of baseball news out of nowhere at the end of August. Absolutely nuts. Uh, did not see the extent of this happening. Um, I thought maybe last week we'd end up having some sort of waiver claim kind of thing. We'll get into that in a little bit because uh, I got some more insight on the Angels there. Um but man, oh man, what a absolutely crazy day. Adam Winder, how are you doing, my friend? Ooh, doing great. Plenty to talk about, obviously. A lot of uh, questions I had prepped, questions we're going to have to improvise because now we know how things went down and one team definitely comes out uh, on top in this scenario. Big things happening in Cleveland, and I'm not talking about September 22nd against the Orioles, which is Kid Cudi bobblehead night. But before we get into all that, just want to shout out our sponsors real quick. Today's show is brought to you by Caesars. Caesars Sportsbook kicking off the NFL season for you baseball insiders fans. With a new bet, $50, get $250 in bonus bets. Limited time offer. If you are a new user, you can sign up with our code FSBETS40GET. That's FSBETS40GET. And redeem $250 in bonus bets after placing your first wager of $50 on any NFL game. Even if your first bet loses, you will receive one $50 bonus bet credit each week over the next five weeks. Make sure to enter our code FSBETS40GET while signing up to have a bet on Caesars every week for the start of the season. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. That code again, FSBETS40GET. And not to make fun of our partners, but that code is crazy. If you want to see the code written out, uh, maybe join the Discord, where Robert and I will be talking potential future NFL bets. You might even get a chance to learn about some waiver claims before anybody else. We were having some great discussion the last couple of days about potential claiming teams, uh, how the standings were going to shake out, what the reverse order was going to look like. That's the only place to get access to asking us questions before the show, uh, during the show, if you want. You can join the comment section or join the Discord. And after, it's a place with inside access for both Robert and myself. And Robert, I had a question planned because I wanted to have – I was like, man, I, you know, we don't know where these players are going to land. A couple of wildcard contenders are probably going to get better. Maybe somebody tries to get somebody in their system ahead of time, give them a little free agency audition. 
I had a question in there about like, hey man, any spite claims? Did any team claim players just out of spite? Kind of seems like that's all that happened. We got mostly spite claims from the Cleveland Guardians who end up with three of these very talented players who could have easily been twins. I will tell you that I did not have the Guardians getting Lucas Giolito or Ronaldo Lopez. Well, they also got Matt Moore, right? Yes. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. And I mean, you look at the Guardians, they're they have the what the same record as the Angels. They are basically in a similar position as them. They're on the outside looking into the postseason hunt here. And they add three guys who are in expiring contracts. And it is it was really strange. Um but I, I will say this. You you look at the Guardians' rotation right now. They have three young studs who are as good as any in baseball. Yeah, Lucas Giolito. Um, you add two relievers. Maybe do you have a shot at catching the twins? I, I what they're five games back. A little strange that like this is totally strange in the fact that the Guardians they sold Aaron Savali at the deadline. And then now I had three players at the waiver dead or waiver claims here. And then the Angels, yeah, yeah, it's really tough. I don't, it's totally bizarre, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, But the Angels who just spent a ton of money, gave up a lot of their top prospects to go all in less than a month later and have waving the white flag and selling all these guys for nothing. And they just for salary relief. Uh, The Guardians took advantage, the Reds took advantage of it. And I will I will give some insight here. Is the Angels did this last week? They put Tyler Anderson on waivers and they put his three year, thirty nine million dollar contract on the waiver wire. No team claimed him. I don't know when exactly they did this, but they also put Aaron Loop on waivers. Uh, no no team ended up claiming him. Um, but the Angels clearly wanted salary relief. They got it. Their prospect and their farm system is basically. It's not looking very good right now besides Logan O'Hoppy who's at the major league level. Um, t- a tough day for that organization to say the least compared to what they were like a month ago. Yeah. When you go all in with gutting the top of your farm system for Giolito and Lopez, you'd better be sure of yourself. Heavy dose of skepticism at the trade deadline looks even worse now, but to pull the plug ahead of free agency and basically say when they made the trade, I think you and I, or at least, a lot of people, I felt this way. You thought, well, obviously they're making a push now. And at the very least, they're going to be able to ride Giolito to the end of the season, see what they have. That feels like an extension candidate. And now that they're, I mean, theoretically, they could revisit this in the offseason. But placing somebody on waivers is a pretty clear way to sour long-term deal implications. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. And you also got to wonder, like, what kind of impact is this going to have on Shohei Otani? Uh, because he clearly wants to win. And he's made it abundantly clear he wants to compete in the postseason, which is the highest level in Major League Baseball. And his team just waved the white flag unlike any team has done in recent Major League history. And does this impact those negotiations in the offseason? Does this make it more unlikely that he returns there? Um, I will say the going into the season, I was under the impression that if the Angels did not make the postseason, that an Otani return would be less likely. I'd put it in the unlikely category, but with Artie Marino, you never know. Uh, you can offer him a dollar amount that just exceeds everyone by a lot, but I'm, I'm thinking Otani's playing elsewhere next year. 
you truly never know. After all, Artie Moreno did this. All of all of this, whatever this is. Um, and, and I yeah. think a lot of scorn was was levied on him when when people first saw the swarm of angels hit the wire at the same time. Then it began to trickle out that, well, actually, a few other veterans are on the wire. Harrison Bader, the Yankees, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Carrasco. It wasn't just Artie Moreno. He was just the most blatant and, and kind of the face of this whole thing. So yeah. a couple of days ago, it kind of felt like, man, is there going to be discipline for this? Like the way the deadline's been eliminated in August, you wonder, like, was this what MLB intended? Do they want to see an owner just cutting bait a month after the trade deadline? A lot of people join him, and I feel like that's maybe less likely now than it was when it was a knee-jerk reaction. But do you think Artie Moreno is going to get – is the league going to come down on him for this, or was the league expecting this? I don't think the league could have expected this. I don't think anybody could have expected this. Um, but that being said, I don't anticipate Moreno being disciplined for this um, because I don't – like it's – obviously it's the Angels waving the white flag, and everybody's going to be talking about um, – like the competitive, like if, like they're not trying to compete. Uh, they're as I said, they're waving the white flag. But this helps out other contending teams. It um, it rids the Angels of what if what five point seven million dollars? I believe yeah. that's the amount, which is going to help them get under the luxury tax, which also could end up enhancing what they're going to be able to offer Otani in the off season. Um, like there's a multitude of different factors here, but I don't anticipate Moreno facing discipline for this. I think a lot of people are talking about, I mean, we're talking about the Angels because they just shucked off several men on the roster who we thought were going to help lead them to a wild card pusher now in Cincinnati and Cleveland. I want to look at Cleveland for a second because I think yeah. there, there are two interesting things going on here. One is people are saying, I think there was a Bob Nightingale tweet, people are saying Cleveland surrendered at the deadline. Did they? I kind of liken this to what the Mariners did, where they trade Paul Seawald because they want to and they think they can keep that bullpen strong, but they give themselves flexibility moving forward. Cleveland gives up a Med Rosario in just a total dump for Noah Syndergaard, who's no longer on that roster. But yeah. getting rid of Rosario was something Cleveland was looking to do. You know, a lot of Cleveland fans will tell you they didn't want him playing every day for this team. Aaron Savali, of course, that's a, a tough horse to lose in the middle of a race, but they've got plenty of young pitching. They're when are they they're going to trade him in the offseason anyway, probably, right? It's almost like rearranging chairs, not necessarily mm -hmm. giving up. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, like I my choke senses are are always sort of my choke sensors are always up. I'm looking at deficits, I'm looking at schedules. I've, I've done a pretty good job of predicting chokes in the past. I know this sounds like revisionist history. I had the 2011 Red Sox in trouble in like early September because they they went from like 10 up to 7 up. I was looking at the schedule and I was like, I mean, it's not over and it wasn't over. This one, a lot of people are saying, well, the Guardians had to sweep the Twins to make this really something uh, this past series. They only took two out of three, but they took they won the road series the two sides play three games in Cleveland Monday to Wednesday, uh, the fourth through the sixth. And that five-game lead, I mean, Minnesota September last year was a September to forget. I'm not sure I trust the Minnesota Twins to hold this five-game lead over a Guardian team that just got a big pile of reinforcements. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you're exactly right about that, too, is like in, no lead is safe in baseball, especially like because, I mean, the Twins, they're – 
I think they're better than they were last year, but still five games, especially this late in the season can end up being nothing. Um, and, and you look at the guardians roster. Now they have the pitching that can vault them. It, it, it can end up being what gets them into the postseason and gets them above the twins. And I'll tell you like those, there is a reason why all those pitchers were so highly coveted by everyone in baseball. I'll tell you, like you talk to a bunch of different teams, they were either considering or they did end up placing a waiver claim in on Lopez and Matt Moore. And those being able to get those guys for the last part of the season, giving up no prospects. So that does not impact their long-term future at all. It sets them up really, really, really well. And as Justin says here, they have a tough, they have a tough schedule in September. They got Tampa Bay. They got at San Francisco. They got Texas at Baltimore and Cincinnati. Not easy, but they have a roster that's really talented and especially a pitching staff. And I also want to tell you this, Adam, there's two nuggets that I have here. One waiver, uh, one person on the waiver wire that was not reported um, was Daniel Norris with the guardians. Um, I did not see that out anywhere. He did not get claimed obviously. Um, but also that Aaron Savali trade, the prospect that they got in return for him at the deadline. I had numerous different executives with rival teams tell me that the or that the the Rays are going to end up regretting that trade in the future because the prospect they gave up was really really good and there was a lot of logic behind that move for for Cleveland they weren't looking to move Savali but the offer was just was too good and that's why these teams listen on all these guys you never know what someone's gonna offer you save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade body armor super drink or Arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I love it. I love I love Manzardo and getting Manzardo is a, is a key reason, like Justin said, that they sold Josh Bell. Um, yep. They also, I mean, Josh Bell ignited in Miami, so give Josh Bell credit. But at the time, that was another like, all right, we got a struggling aging player. We got a multi-year contract on our hands. We're the Cleveland Guardians. Maybe we look to move off this and we could probably retool around it. And they've managed to. They've managed to stay afloat, if not over 500 and in the lead. But they're they're in the mix. No, for sure. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, um, I just had a – oh, well, speaking of Josh Bell, actually, um, it's weird because in previous seasons – He's always been significantly better in the first half than he was in the second half. He would always drop there. He would always taper off in the second half. This season has been like the exact opposite for him. I don't think anyone could have necessarily seen this coming. I don't blame Cleveland for moving on because I thought that was a smart move. I still thought the offseason trade or the offseason signing him was one of the worst deals of the, of the winter. Um, I give him credit for also admitting the mistake because they, they got Gene Segura in that trade and then they immediately dumped him. So that's that was a pure salary dump by that one. Yeah, and Bell's got that player option for next year. So if he was this bad down the stretch in Cleveland, pretty confident he's picking up that old option. So they they had to get off that somehow. No, exactly. And that was and they gave him flexibility and they got him Matt Moore, got him Ronaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito. By the way, here's another one for you. So Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez have been with the same teams, the White Sox, with the the uh the Nationals. 
now the Guardians and also the Angels. They have been traded with each other every single time they've been moved. What are the odds of that? Probably one in a trillion, but it's been the case for those two. And what's Adam Eaton been up to since that initial trade? Not not that much if, if Cleveland's looking for a 26th man. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, if, if they end up signing Adam Eaton, you are going to be officially declared king of, well, the baseball insiders. Well, you already are, but uh, the, we'll, we'll just get you like a plaque or something for to make it official. Yeah, we're we're tied for king right now. I don't I don't think I'm king king. No, nah, King Winder. That's gonna be your new name in my contacts, so get ready. Fantastic. I'll I'll change yeah, I'll, I was gonna say I'll change it in mine so I see it too, but I don't think that's how contacts work. I gotta I'm paying attention to baseball too much. I don't I don't know how to put myself in my own phone. I love it. Hey, you know what? That's you as as you should. That's why we're that's why we're called the baseball insiders, baby, not the contact insiders. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't understand Apple software, and I never will. Um, well, the the New York Yankees checked in on this waiver wire frenzy too. Uh, ultimately, Clevenger or the White Sox not claimed. Carrasco stays with the Mets, but the Reds made. Uh, we're the only other team to make noise. The, the Ohio Cup, Cleveland and Cincinnati, both going after talent. Harrison Bader goes from the Yankees to the Reds facilitates Jason Dominguez's promotion, which I don't know how we got 16 minutes into this podcast without me saying Jason Dominguez. The 20-year-old Martian is on the Yankees roster and will be playing tomorrow in Houston, which is insane. Uh, But in order to make room for him, Bader, who was at one point an extension candidate in the Bronx, then had a year to forget like all the rest of the Yankees, gets hurt a few times like he's been prone to. Uh, He has you know some, some various things and bruises hits lefty pitching but has i believe a 56 ops plus against righties and a 72 ops plus in general not what you want in that walk here and today he sort of said his goodbyes to new york saying you know proud to be a hometown kid wear the jersey no one can take that away from me i think his time in the bronx is probably over uh but he, now he gets to help a team in a pennant race right in the wild card mix Cincinnati much closer to contention than Cleveland, and they bolster their outfield twice today. Yeah, I'll tell you, like when when Bader is placed on waivers, that was one where you knew immediately he was going to be claimed, and he was owed a little less than eight hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the year. Um, and like for a guy who can play Gold Glove defense in center field, and also um, do he's a capable he's a very capable bat, especially against left-handed pitching. Right-handed pitching is where he's really struggled. Um, and I thought there was there was a couple of people in baseball who thought that the San Francisco Giants were going to be the team that claimed Bader, but they ultimately did not get the opportunity to. He goes to Cincinnati along with Hunter Renfro, gives them some outfield reinforcements. It gets them a capable defender in center field. And with Renfro, you end up getting uh, a power bat who's also familiar with the NL Central. He was with the Brewers, what was it, last year, I want to say. And, I mean, he's capable when he's hot. I mean, we got to see it right before he got claimed. Like he was, he was going off, uh, and like he can be somebody who carries you for a week or two stretch. Um, like I know he's been what this is his how many different teams now? Like five or six in the last five or so years. It's he's nuts. With, I I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, he's been with a lot of different teams, and um, yeah, it's very strange. Good player, um, and yeah, the the Reds they got better today, and. Uh, that's a really young team that they have there. And they just added two veterans. Uh, and I think that can only be a good thing for that team. Yeah, this is, for some reason, this is the first time that Renfro has changed teams in the middle of the season. So I guess good for him. But 
This is his sixth team since 2019, and he's been a productive player and a postseason performer at all of these spots, San Diego to Tampa to Boston to Milwaukee to the Angels, now to Cincinnati. Uh, Two NL Central reunions on that Cincinnati team. Renfro just had experience there last season. Bader was a Cardinal his whole career up until the 13 games he played in the Bronx last year five playoff homers and then this partial season um i the cincinnati reds are a team that needed a little kick and they got a little kick that that, that they did and i mean that could only be a good thing because i'll tell you that that lineup or that roster overall is extremely extremely talented but they ended up they just did not have a lot of guys with a veteran experience and i as i said i think this is only going to be a good thing uh and i know justin's been asking about san diego here like that is a team that I thought could end up making a move, but they realize where they're at right now. And um, they are not going to make the postseason. Like even Bob Melvin, their manager said, there's no point in looking at the standings, which that's a, I mean, that's a pretty damning comment coming from the manager. So they, they just were not in a position to do that. Uh, Granted. I mean, I thought there was a scenario in which like a team like that um, could end up claiming one of those guys to try to get a, the first chance at signing them before the offseason gets here. Um, but as I said, San Diego just was not in a position to do that. Yeah, even I'm checking the standings. So when a major league manager is not doing it, then, you know, something's really gone wrong. Um, we'll, we'll talk more pressing needs, but Jason Dominguez, man, what? Like, what? Like, wait, but like, huh? He's He's 20 years old. I think a lot of people are already calling him a bust because he's not Bo Jackson or Mickey Mantle at 17. Yankees starting right fielder opening day last year, like people expected, but he's on a triple A tear. I went the whole gamut of emotions on this call up where about a, a couple days ago when it got floated, I was just kind of like, why would you do that? Like, wh- why would you bring him into a toxic clubhouse? He's finally having success at triple A. Just let him finish the year there. Give him a chance to compete for the job next year. But once it actually happened, you immediately do flip the switch into like, all right, I just watched him struggle April, May, June, at double A. But then guess what? He did figure it out. He did not let his really low numbers get him down. And he went on a, he had a great July. He had a torrid August. Now he comes up to the major leagues riding momentum. Uh, I think I changed my tune a little bit. I obviously had to because it happened. So now I have to defend it. But it did feel like, I, I feel at this point in time, let's say he has a bad September. He's shown enough to me that I think he could shake that off next spring and again, compete for the job. This lets him get his feet wet a little bit, if nothing oh. else. And obviously, I'm I'm watching tomorrow, right? Oh, now I have a yeah. reason. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I think, I mean, for the Yankees, I mean, obviously it gives their fans a reason to watch it or it gives them a reason to go to the games. Um, but also it gives them a look at Dominguez. It gives them a look at the, all the other prospects that they've called up in recent days. Uh, and it's kind of like a an early spring training for them or late spring yeah. training. I don't know how you want to necessarily phrase <laughs> a that. A little bit of both, yeah. Yeah, a little a little bit of both. And um, it's a low-pressure environment because the Yankees have nothing to play for. And it gives them gives those young hitters a look at Major League pitching also in, in September here where a lot of these teams are going to be going all out. I almost use a different phrase. Um, that would have been – but, yeah, it's uh, – um, yeah, I, I see no issue with it whatsoever. And as you said, like everything that I've heard about Dominguez, if he does struggle, he's got like the mental makeup to like put it past him and just show up next year with a clean slate. So I think that can only be a good thing for the Yankees. Yep. Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells, Everson Pereira, Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza. Why don't you go play a little spoiler, guys? You're obviously 
well under 500. Volpe hit a three-run game-tying home run today with two outs in the ninth. For those of you not watching the Yankees, I think that's probably most of you, but uh, he's 20-20 now, 20 bombs, 20 stolen bases. Uh, something to look forward to moving forward, maybe, for a team that we've kind of kicked their ass for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, we have we have kicked their ass. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll praise the Yankees because they – it, it happened a little bit later than I thought it would, but they, they're calling up the young guys, and it's it's going to be the month of the kids, and only a good thing. So I, I tip my cap to Cashman in that front office for doing it. I do too. I do. I, and you have me on the record. I also tip my cap. Uh, crazy baseball day. You know it's a crazy baseball day because we're 24 minutes into the show. We have not mentioned a GM being hired today. Chris Getz has been elevated by the Chicago White Sox. The internal, uh, the, the search committee uh, did not have to look far to find their their replacement for uh, departing Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. You and I talked on a recent show about a couple big names they might be pursuing. Maybe they're looking, if they did want experience, they would look here. But this kind of felt like a fait accompli for quite a while. And now Chicago will hand the keys over to someone who's been there for a long time. And, and that's, a reason for, I think, a lot of the dissatisfied fans in Chicago to be kind of pessimistic because Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams were were fired for building the thing that Chris Getz also helped build. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to pull up a text here so I, I have it ready because somebody pointed this out to me later, like earlier today when after the hire was made official. But they obviously fired Kenny Williams Jr. Or they fired Kenny Williams Sr. Um, w- along with Rick Hahn. And... Kenny Williams Jr. also works in that front office as their assistant director of player development. And he worked directly under Chris Getz. So you got to imagine he's going to end up continuing to stay there in Chicago and, and working there. Um, maybe who knows, maybe even gets promoted. Um, but it's just, it's a, a really, this was puzzling, like extremely puzzling. And I, there's a lot that I can say here, and I mean, I will say it. Usually, I, I try to not go rip somebody or rip a team, but the White Sox—they had no competition looking for a general manager. They had five weeks, they had six weeks, maybe, to find a replacement for Rick Hahn. They could have talked to a numerous different executives around baseball, picked up different ideas that those organizations do to make themselves better, to implement in their own organization. And they ended up staying in house, did not seemingly cast a wide net at all externally. Like they, what, they fired Rick Hahn a week, week and a half ago, and they already named his replacement, which was basically apparent from the moment that they fired Rick Hahn. Like, I think they, I think they totally botched it. And that is not like, that's a Jerry Reinsdorf and Chicago White Sox thing. This is not a Chris Getz issue. Maybe he's a really good executive Maybe he turns out to be a great GM who gets the White Sox on the right track. But they did not need to rush this. They had no competition. There's a lot of different executives in baseball who they could have talked to, and maybe they would end up being blown away at hiring that guy. But they rushed it, and I think White Sox fans have every reason to be pissed because that Jerry Reinsdorf botched it. This is um, It's not the Tony La Russa hire by any means, but um, they just they had no reason to rush it, and I think that – just a huge mistake yeah is there any reason that we need a new gm on august 31st other than to make these waiver claims if the white Sox wanted to get g and ronaldo lopez back like did, did we have to do this 
that would have been hilarious if they ended up doing that. Yeah, trade those guys for all those top prospects, and a couple weeks later they get them back. But, man, I'll tell you, I don't get it. And I know there's a lot of different people in baseball who um, were totally just baffled by this too because um, I talked to different GMs. I talked to other people in baseball who thought the White Sox would go for a guy who had previous GM experience. Um, lo and behold, they, I mean, they didn't. Um, but maybe there's, obviously there was a report that they could hire Dayton Moore if they hired Getz, and obviously they got Getz. So maybe Dayton Moore follows closely behind. Two Brewers points to close out the show, uh, getting in under the wire. Uh, first of all, you know, we, we connected the Brewers to Pete Alonzo a little bit, uh, but I think more pertinent uh, before we go into the latest on Mets, Brewers, Alonzo, does he stay? Uh, we've, we're getting down to the wire today. All the waiver wire guys are getting signed. Josh Donaldson released by the Yankees a couple days ago officially. Uh, he also, if he hooks on with somebody today, can get onto a playoff roster Rumor had it the Brewers were at least considering the maneuver. Uh, we had a question earlier uh, asking uh, from, from Steven Metzdorf if the Brewers were getting Donaldson because uh, they've gotten a little underwhelming play from their third baseman lately. As someone who's watched Donaldson for two years, I can assure you, if you need more underwhelming play at third base, he might be the guy to target. But a uh, couple more hours to go here, I guess, if the Brewers did want to come to an agreement with Josh Donaldson, they could still place him on the playoff roster. Um Horrendous acquisition by the Yankees. Nothing going to change that. One of Brian Cashman's absolute worst. Is there a potential he ends up back in baseball, though, for for September and for the stretch run? I wouldn't rule it out. Um, like, the Brewers fit. So, I don't know. I don't know if I reported this in 2021. I don't know if anyone really reported it. But in 2021, the Brewers, they they had interest in, in Josh Donaldson. I, I had it on pretty good authority that they – that they wanted Donaldson or that they had interest in Donaldson. Obviously they, they didn't get it done, but there's past interest. And um, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. I think the Brewers could go in a, a little bit of a better direction than Donaldson. Uh, Cause he obviously does not have the greatest clubhouse reputation. And I know the clubhouse is something that Craig Council and that Brewers team really values. So they're going to have to ask themselves some pretty difficult questions internally, whether or not they should or do pursue Don- or do pursue uh, Donaldson. Um, I don't know necessarily if it gets done, but I, I do know what Ken Rosenthal, Will Salmon, or the athletic reporter is right. The Brewers are in fact considering it. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I, I was expecting better from Josh Donaldson. I, I did not receive it. Yeah. That, that one, uh, Jeff Passan went on the record earlier this week too. Basically uh, it was nice to hear somebody not just praise Brian Cashman, but rather go, he, he delivered the lines that, like, hey, you're really going to blame him for Giancarlo Stanton. You're really going to blame him for acquiring big names, opening a championship window. But then he did say, you know what? The Donaldson trade, pretty indefensible. And his last 15 years of draft picks, pretty indefensible, which was nice to hear. I think you and I are agreed that the Donaldson trade, that's just, I mean, that was indefensible from the start. Taking on money, letting it weigh you down. If you don't let it weigh you down, that's one thing. But then the Yankees did. The Yankees said, this is our big money move a 36 and 37 year old third baseman who costs $26 million a year. And, th- and, and that's it. That's all we're doing. And that's how yeah. you, that's how you close a window. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget when that trade was made. Um, I, re- I remember I was, it was later at night and um, I, I was, I was laying in bed and all of a sudden I'm scrolling through my phone and I get the tweet notification from passing that the Yankees had acquired Josh Donaldson. And my instant reaction was did passing just get hacked? And then I realized, no, he did not get hacked. 
And then my initial thought was, what are the Yankees thinking? Because that seemed like a deal, even in the moment, that had no shot of working out. And it did not work out. It was one of the worst deals that Brian Cashman has made as general manager. Um, did not work out. And they moved on uh, with about a, what, a month, month and a week in that range left in yeah. the season. Um, yeah, that just that deal was doomed from the moment it happened. And obviously here we are now. It was it's a hilarious one, too, because he was on the 60 day IL kind of just biding his time. Looked like he was healthy in like, I don't know, mid-August. He was taking BP with the team. If he was on the 60-day, you assume they're just going to wind down the clock, all of a sudden gets released so he can join another team. Best of luck in the playoffs, maybe Josh Donaldson. Um, I'm sure we will talk Pete Alonso plenty this offseason, but just one last time, uh, everything coming out this week was a bunch of people from the Mets camp defending Alonzo against accusations he was toxic in the clubhouse. They seemed to love him. An executive told Mark Feinstein the Mets' current offer wasn't insulting, not enough to dissuade him from testing free agency, but not so low that it would chase him away. Another executive told Feinstein there was no indication the Mets didn't plan to compete in 2024. All of this sounds to me like, let's give it one more year together. And then we'll revisit, talk, like, we'll let you reach free agency and then we'll talk about it again instead of cashing him in this winter. That's where it feels to me like the winds are blowing right now. Oh, I wouldn't necessarily rule that scenario out. I think it, I think it does make sense, uh, especially considering that the, the Mets did the exact same thing with Brandon Nimmo and they let him test free agency and they ultimately ended up resigning him to an eight-year yeah. deal. Um, so, I mean, they have, they have history of doing that. I still think in the offseason they're going to try to extend him. I think that is a player that the organization absolutely needs to build around. And I think it says a lot about Alonzo as a player, but also as a person, that so many people in the organization were as vocal as they were in defending him. Because usually if a player gets ripped publicly and nobody says something, that says a lot right there. But um, everybody was pretty adamant that Alonzo is not a clubhouse cancer or anything along those lines. Everything I've heard about Alonzo, good dude and good clubhouse guy. And everybody backing it up just seems to confirm it. That that report, when as soon as it came out, um, that smell it just reeked of BS. Um, and yeah, that that was that just had no merit whatsoever. Yeah, I don't even know if it was a report as much as it was just Sal Licata screaming. But either way, it made it to Pete Alonso directly. So congratulations, you you got Pete Alonso mad at you. You poked the polar bear. You get what you, you get what you asked for. <laughs> Yeah, you never want to poke the polar bear. Yeah, that's uh, that was that was well that was well played by you. I like that one. Yeah, there you go. What well, what a place to end it. We might as well. Uh, we had a crazier day than expected for sure. Um, although could have been could have been more nuts. Could have been five players on five teams instead. It's Cleveland for the block uh, playing Connect Four with the Minnesota Twins, and we will see if my choke sensors were engaged uh, accurately or erroneously moving forward. They definitely have a shot. Uh, not a great one. They got a shot. Um, again, that Caesar Sportsbook promo is FSBets40. Get it's at the bottom of the screen for new users only on the platform with NFL season approaching. If you're going to sign up for an account, please use our code. It helps the podcast, helps Rob and I, helps us continue to bring you the content that you need, uh, that we hope to continue bringing you for a very long time. And if you aren't a member yet of the YouTube channel, if you aren't in the Discord, Please join us there as well. Conversation was rollicking this morning as these claims were coming down and we were trying to process them en masse. 
as well as the Chris Getz hiring, which there are some White Sox fans in there. I feel quite bad for them. But if you'd like to either laugh at White Sox fans or join them in commiserating, please join us. Justin, thanks for clocking in on your vacation, man. Thanks to everybody in the chat for joining us. You guys are the best. You're the lifeblood of the podcast. Robert Murray and I are just the co-hosts. Although, Robert, I obviously could not host the show without you, and I appreciate you joining me again today on a wild one. It was certainly wild, but hey, I also could not do the show without you, my friend. I appreciate you. Everybody in the comments, appreciate you. Justin, appreciate you tuning in from St. Martin. Uh, have have a blast. Have a beverage for me, if you're of age, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, what, see you, what, Monday? Or no, actually, Tuesday. We got more, we yeah. got Labor Day coming up. Yeah, see everybody on Tuesday. We got a holiday, but we will be right back after the holiday. I'll be in a new apartment. I will be 98% less stressed, I think. Oh, I'm sure there'll be something else raising my blood pressure. We'll just have to wait and see what that is. A uh, couple of big interviews coming up for you guys, too. A secret content. It, a look, Watch this space. Got a lot of great live streams coming up, as always, every Monday, Thursday, 3.30 Eastern on all, all your favorite podcast platforms. But we've also got some other good pre-recorded content. Uh, it's got me deleting some of my old tweets. So I'll leave it at that. That's your hint. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure as a... Uh... As a fan of that team of yours, uh, that you had plenty of tweets, so that's uh, a good move. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we have we have some very good guests coming up, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. Very excited. Yeah, stay tuned. Get your notifications on. We'll see you back here on Tuesday afternoon live. A lot of great content coming your way. Robert Murray, I'm Adam Weinrib. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.